0: With us, there is another in the fire when we face hardship, Lord God, that you are with us. We're in the rough seas, Lord. You're with us as well. Jesus, we thank you for the word this morning, Lord God, and we just ask that you speak to our hearts in Jesus' name, amen. Well, you all look amazing this morning, and welcome to our online crew. We are so lucky to be able to be back in the room fellowshipping together and doing life together and those who are at home we are we are praying for you this morning for whatever reason that's caught you at home with kids with sickness I know I was there last weekend Um, it's not nice to have to miss out on things but uh, we're so glad that you're here and that you can join us but you can take your seats this morning. Well I watched the stream, actually, I had the the privilege last weekend, turned a bad situation into a good situation. I was able to watch the 8.30 Horizon online service, the 9.30, oh, was it 9.30? The 9.30 back in our old church in Singleton, their service, and then the 10.30 for City Church's service last week while I was stuck at home. We made cookies and we made chocolate brownies and we we made the best of a a bad situation being stuck at home. It is Christmas time. Who is excited? Well, it's, it's almost Christmas time. So I also heard that Ben say that uh, we were waiting until after George's birthday to put the Christmas tree up. And I would like to let you all know that he actually came home and he put the Christmas tree up last Sunday. Wasn't me. It's normally me. But he did it. He thought he was going to embrace what 20, the rest of what 2020 with a good positive festive spirit so he he didn't quite beat Renel noble ronnell got her tree up before and then it was been decided he said to the kids do you want to put the christmas tree up that's a silly question to ask kids of course they do so he he spent last sunday putting the christmas tree up with the kids but uh this morning i want to preach a message called you've got to be in it to win it Now apparently that's a UK game show, never seen it, never heard about it, but there is this phrase, you've got to be in it to win it. And like most parents, I want to share a story about um, kids in swimming lessons. So you've probably either had swimming lessons yourself, or you've put your children, for those who have children, or those who will have children, let me just educate you on swimming lessons. I have a six-year-old who we put into swimming lessons. Uh, Back in the day when he was one, we put him in uh, with another little friend, Zach Hawk. And uh, at that point, you as a parent had to get in the pool with them. I did not enjoy that one bit at all. (laughs) I grew up on the beach, don't love the beach. Uh, We grew up having pools in all of our houses that we had. I don't really love swimming. but, you know, we had to do it. Um, so I pulled Cooper out because I thought, I thought at that point in time, swimming lessons are absolutely pointless. We don't have a pool um, and I'll do it when I really, really have to. So the year before he turned, b- before he went to school, I thought to myself, I really need to put this kid in swimming lessons. Like swimming lessons is this thing that it's a life-saving skill, right? And you need to teach your kid that or if you're an adult, Ben's not a great swimmer. He can doggy paddle, but you'll admit that you're not a great swimmer. Anyway, anyway. So I thought to myself, I really need to put him in swimming lessons because there's going to be things like swimming carnivals that are going to come up, you know, at school. And I thought, oh, this is the last thing that I really want to do. Like, I don't really want to. So we enrolled him in Dive In Swim. Uh, For anybody who knows Dive In Swim, uh, it's an indoor pool with swimming lessons. Now, for us, we had to, um, because he was four, um, about to turn five, and we hadn't had him in the pool for a good three years since that very early on where we had to get in the pool. Um, We made the decision that that we had to do it. So we got him all kitted out. We spent a fortune, swimmers, goggles. Now, I'm the kind of parent who would um, arrive to swimming lessons and go, where are the goggles? I've forgotten the goggles yet again. So every week we were practically buying goggles every week. And they're not cheap. They're like 20 bucks. So when you think about over a term, that's not... I never actually admitted that to my husband until right now. (laughs) But that was me. I'm that parent. Um, I am the parent that... Or I'm the person who... There's been several times I've looked myself out of the house I've left the keys because I'm in a panic trying to get out the door that's me calling my husband having to admit I've actually worked out that um several people within our church have keys to our house uh so that when I do lock myself out I can just ring them and admit that I've done I've done something silly but I was that parent I also had to convince myself that I had to take him week in week out sit in this stinking hot basically sauna uh, and I'm the kind of person now, the last service they knew what I was talking about but if you've ever been to the plaza, there is one end of the plaza that is just always stinking hot. Has anybody else realised that? The big W end, there would be times where I'd be in big W, I'm sweating, I'm getting so hot and I actually literally feel sick and then I'm about to pass out. That's me. Does anybody else not know that? Oh, The people in the other service did. Anyway, go and see. Go walk from one end, the food court end, to the big W end, and you will realise that there is a difference in temperature. But I'm that person. So I'm sitting in this stinking hot, almost sauna-like indoor swimming pool, feeling so unwell because it's so hot. And now my kid was the kid that uh, would be in the pool screaming, crying. Like it was almost like punishment having him in there. But for me, I needed this kid to learn how to swim. I needed him to be in the pool physically because you're not going to learn to swim if you're not in the pool. Uh, So I would need to bribe him. I would get so frustrated. Um, Sometimes I don't have, I'm not great with patience, if I'm really honest. So it was like all the other parents were like watching me while my kid was in the pool screaming and kicking and While the instructor, because at that point, I didn't need to get in the pool. So I've got that kid, that was me. So I've got a kid in the pool, kicking, screaming, carrying on and whatever else. But I needed to persevere. And so my message today, you've got to be in it to win it, is based around this situation. And so many of us in life have these situations uh, that we're going through, a journey that we're going through, even our relationship with Jesus, our commitment to church. You've got to be in it to win it. You've got to be in your work environment, your family, whatever it is, to be able to win it. So I'm going to base my message this morning around these stinking swimming lessons, and I'm going to take you on a journey. So I've got five points this morning and my first one is to be in it, to win it, you need to be committed. Like I said, I had to arrive, I had to make a plan. If I'm going to do this, I need to go week in, week out to these swimming lessons because my inconsistencies of attending swimming lessons is actually going to do more harm than good. I had to actually look at sometimes there were weeks where we couldn't make one week for sickness or whatever reason. So they have this thing called a a makeup lesson. So sometimes there would be weeks where I would have him in not just one lesson, but because we were sick the week before, we had to go two. So I had to go to two lessons of sitting in this sauna-like room with a child who's kicking and screaming and doesn't want to be there. But you know what? I had to make a commitment to do that because I had the goal in mind. Colossians 2, 7 uh, in the CEV says, plant your roots in Christ and let him be the foundation for your life. Be strong in your faith, just like I had to be with my, my son and keep him in there just as you were taught and to be grateful. You know, we live in a country where we have so much to be grateful for. We have these things called swimming lessons and while I didn't want to be there, I was so grateful that I didn't have to be in the pool and that there was another instructor in there dealing with that, that chaos. You know, if something is important to you, you're dedicated to it. Or sometimes when it's important, but we don't want to be, sometimes we need to make ourselves dedicated to it. If you want to do a triathlon, you don't just sign up and hope for the best. But you train for it, you look after your body and you ensure that you have the right gear to be able to undertake that, to be able to maybe not necessarily win, but to be able to just say, hey, I did it. Yeah. Let's look at our lives as Christians. We give our lives to Jesus and we make a commitment. And when we are committing ourselves to following Jesus, that means we have a daily relationship with him through the word, through prayer, through worship, We commit to being part of a local church to serve, to reach the unsaved, just like Jesus asked us to. Now, with swimming lessons, my point number two is there is a cost, which means a sacrifice. Now, swimming lessons are about 20 bucks, 15, 20 bucks a week. And so, um, and like me, I was spending that extra money because I would always forget the goggles, I'd always forget something. But not only that, there was a cost because sometimes I'd have to bribe Cooper. <sighs> Some parents know what I'm talking about. And they always get you, they always have the lollies or the chips or like our one had the ices or the soft drink on the way out and so you would always try and bribe. So not only was there a time commitment but we had to, we had to work out in our financial budget as well Well, how are we going to pay for this? What can we sacrifice to be able to give him a life skill of swimming lessons? We knew how important it was. And so we had to, uh, to catch him up to speed, we, you know, there was a, there were some kids who are two, three, who were swimming without floaties out of bubble. That wasn't our kid. Um, But there are kids who are just like superstars in the pool at a young age. And like I said, we don't have a pool. We didn't, we don't. Cooper hasn't grown up not being in the water that much. So for us, we made the decision that we were going to stick him in private lessons to try and catch him up to speed a little bit. So it was one-on-one, and that cost us. But I knew that I needed to catch him up to speed. So one, I didn't have to be in the pool because I didn't want to be in the pool. I didn't want to be part of the the crying and the chaos that was going on. But we put him in there. And whenever we have a goal, a dream, or a situation, or even a relationship – There's often often a cost that's associated with it. I uh, made fun of Mikey before. Mikey and Sam just celebrated 10 months, 10 months of being in a relationship, boyfriend and girlfriend. And now if you were here on Tuesday night at the Discipleship Hub, we talked about love languages. And I am a gifts person. I love receiving a gift and I love giving gifts. And so, um, you know, when you're in a brand new relationship, it costs you financially there 's flowers there 's dinners there 's dates there 's going to the movies. It costs you it doesn 't have to, but sometimes it does and i can 't think of a bigger sacrifice that shows us this than the sacrifice of jesus giving his own life uh, john three john three sixteen uh, God loved the people of this world so much that he gave his one and only son so that everyone who has faith in him will have eternal life and never really die. Number three, there may be tears along the way. So like I said, and Ali can testify to this, we had our boys both in swimming lessons. And if it wasn't one, it was the other, screaming and crying and it was, it was not pretty, guys. It really wasn't pretty. Um, it was so actually frustrating because it was like, can't you understand as a four-year-old what we are trying to do? We are trying to get you. And like I said, I don't have patience. Can you not see that this is going to be good for you? It was frustrating. We've just uh, celebrated on Thursday... George's third birthday and uh, I was, we shared at the first, um, you know, it sounded silly but it's actually not silly, a praise report that um, when she was born, uh, the fourth of, she was born on the fifth, on the the night of the fourth of November, Uh, I remember waking up at 11.53 going to the bathroom and what I thought was my waters breaking because they never did with um, Cooper, um... I thought, wow, this is it, and she was four weeks early, and so I was calm. Actually, talking about not having patience, I was calm. Dan can testify. We had to ring Dan and say, "Dan, can you uh, would you just be able to come down? Because I think I think this baby's on the way." Anyway, uh, when I got to the hospital, what I didn't realize until after this was, I was actually um, when I say my waters broke, I was actually hemorrhaging, and I didn't realize at the time. And so, 11:53, I got up that on the. It was actually we were, it was actually a Sunday that she was born. So the Saturday night that happened, we arrived at the hospital. I was all cool, I was calm, I, I was right. I thought, oh, this is just normal. Anyway, I, um, 12 hours later she was born. Um, she was booked in for a, a planned Caesar but she ended up having, we had to have an emergency Caesar because she was coming early and they couldn't stop the bleeding. And so when they delivered her, by the grace of God, that they did when they did because not only was I hemorrhaging, she had the cord wrapped around her neck twice and I also had a golf ball size clot uh, behind my placenta in the, um, what is it? I don't know what it is. But you know what? She shouldn't be here today. And we didn't realise that until after they had gone in there and she ended up, because she was early, she ended up in special care um, for eight days and that was some of the worst Time of my life. And I tell you what, there were tears. Every single day, multiple times a day, there were tears from me. I had my newborn baby who I didn't know what was really going on uh, while she was in special care and all of those kind of things. I was in tears most of the day. And you know what? That journey, that eight painful days that I went through of not knowing what was going on and those kind of things there were tears but it was part of the journey and i'm so grateful that i had that that time because it could have i may not have had that time if the doctors didn't act when they did to save her so there may be tears along the way in whatever you are facing whatever situation it is whatever dream it is whatever goal that you may have in life your relationship with jesus there may be tears along the way so But tears and tantrums and self-doubt don't indicate that we are weak. It simply shows that we are real. It shows heart. It shows how much you care, are committed and determined. The Bible even tells us that Jesus cried. It tells us about three, uh, three occasions that Jesus wept. And it simply showed normal human emotion. I've just lost my thing. Now, through swimming lessons, my my fourth point is we are never alone. And so I asked the guys to sing the song, Another in the Fire. You know, swimming lessons, uh, there is always somebody in the pool. There is always an instructor in the pool, obviously for safety reasons. And um, they're there to help motivate, to encourage, to protect uh, whatever child is in the pool. When you go to a swimming pool, if you're a competent swimmer, there is a lifesaver. There is always somebody watching. If you go to the beach, uh, I just had the privilege of being invited um, last week to a senior leaders in their 30s uh, to go away with some of the people on the the New South Wales State Executive. And it was by the beach down at McMaster's. And uh, again, when you're in that beach there are lifesavers watching you. And you know what? That's just like our life. We have Jesus watching us. We have people surrounding us to be our cheerleaders. And it doesn't matter what we are going through. These cheerleaders motivate us, encourage us, believe in us, stand with us along the journey. But when we have people who are doing that, we also must be a cheerleader to others around us. And it's our job to motivate, to encourage, to believe, to stand with people along the journey, just like Jesus does for us. Acts 2, 25 to 28 in the CEV says, what David said uh, are really words of Jesus. I always see the Lord near me. I will not be afraid with him at, at my right side. Because of this, my heart will be glad. My words will be joyful and I will live in hope. The Lord won't leave me in the grave. I am His Holy One. He won't let my body decay. He has shown me the path of life and He makes me glad by being near me. You know, when the disciples were in the boat, in the storm, Jesus was right there with them. When Daniel was in the lion's den, being faced with the lion, Jesus was right there with him. When Meshach, Shadrach and Abednego, just like this song talks about, were alone in the fiery furnace, Jesus was right in there with them, right beside them. I want to encourage you this morning. Surround yourself with people who will empower you, encourage you and energise you. This is a long journey for a lot of us in life, and these people can be found right here in this very room. Here's a touchy subject for you, but uh, there are often there are people who will say, "You know, I don't have any friends. I um, I'm all alone. I feel like nobody cares." And I think as a as a lead pastor. It frustrates me a little bit. Because to be honest, we try and accommodate for every single person within our church. We have connect groups. We have two Sunday services. We have two kids' uh, services that run on a Sunday. We have a youth ministry. We have a young adult ministry that looks after both male and female. We have women's ministry. We have men's ministry. We have a whole people care team. We have a staff of eight to nine people. I can't tell you the exact number. I always get it wrong. We have this thing called a community, this thing called a family. So there is no way that you can ever be alone. People, people within this church, if you call them, they're going to happily answer the phone. People who need you will drop Things in seconds to be there. We have mountains care who are always available. It's our choice whether or not we're gonna do the journey alone or we're gonna do the journey together. And my last point is: there is always a reward. So our our agreement with Cooper was that once you can swim with no floaties or bubble, there's no more swimming lessons. Once you are competent enough to swim and to save yourself, we will finish swimming lessons. So after months of forking out money on lessons and equipment, after sitting in practically what I would call a sauna for weeks upon weeks upon weeks upon weeks, the tears, the tantrums, the frustrating lessons I remember one day, uh, the instructor's name was Kim. She, um, He was swimming dog paddle and I don't really care, as long as you can save yourself, that's all I wanna know. She, without him knowing, unclipped his bubble because he just had his bubble on, she unclipped it and he wasn't aware that he was swimming by himself. And I thought, I'm just gonna see how much longer we can keep doing this where he doesn't actually know that he's actually doing it by himself. So we made it a couple of weeks And he kept reminding me, once he realised that he could do it on his own, he kept reminding me, "Mom, you said that we would stop swimming lessons now. Why do I have to keep going? I can swim by myself. Anyway, I tried to squeeze a couple more weeks out of it with a few more bribes. But you know what I thought afterwards? Praise the Lord, this kid can swim. I don't have to do this anymore. But more importantly, he can save his own life if need be. And you know what? That was the reward, the reward for the end game. And I think we ended up having to buy him some ridiculous Lego thing or I don't know what it was, but there was a reward. But for some of us here today, we may not see that reward There may not be something, there may not be a prize at the end. But I will tell you this, whatever situation that you are going through, have been through, or will go through, there is always a reward, even if you can't see it. You see, a touchy subject, uh, as most of you would be aware, we ended up having to undergo IVF with Cooper. A frustrating, painful, costly experience to sacrifice so much time, so much emotion, so much energy. And yes, the reward was to have a child. But I'll tell you what: something greater that I didn't see until after I'd been through that process was the testimony and the story that I had gained to help other people. I didn't realise that after... I'd been through that situation. I thought that was just a selfish thing. But when I came out and I told people, I'd admitted because I felt so... um, I felt like I wanted to keep it a secret. I felt it was a dirty topic. I didn't want to talk about it. But when I admitted it, that we'd been through this journey... Within five weeks, we had five other couples that we didn't realise were going through the exact same thing or about to undertake it. And I didn't realise that I got a child out of it. But what's even more rewarding is I have been able to walk the journey now with about 10 other couples that I never knew existed, with 10 other families that just by my story that we were able to help. We were able to nurture. And so some of us may think that there is no there is no goal. I can't see my reward. But even in the slightest where the reward is to grow you, to stretch you, to give you a testimony, to help other people, that is a reward. Philippians 3:14 says, I run towards the goal so that I can win the prize of being called to heaven. This is is the prize God offers because of what Jesus Christ has done. I think ultimately that is the reward. So this morning as the team come and everybody stands, I wonder if there are people in this room who we can stand with and we can pray with this morning. Maybe if every eye is closed and every head is bowed. I wonder if this morning, if you're running a race or you're on a journey and you you can't see that end, the end in sight, the reward or whatever it looks like. Maybe this morning you're feeling like You need to make a fresh commitment this morning. We are going to stand and we're going to pray with those this morning. And I want to let the live stream um, go. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Don't forget to register online for next week's service, but we'll see you guys later. Thank you so much for joining in.